and welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the vodcast. Welcome to the broadcast. Boys and girls, welcome to the show. This is Convincing Idiots. I'm Dean. I'm I, I am Nick. A little eager to jump the gun here. I've been missing right. out. Um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if this is your first time tuning in, we are but three you friends. Sh- you, you should let you should let you know the guy that didn't say his name because I don't know his name. So you should let him say his name. I did. He said his name was Brian. Brian, what's your name? <laughs> I, I, th- I think you're correct. That's Brian. Yeah. Okay. 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 Good. Yeah. Good. Anyway, that's Brian. I'm Nick. Um, if this is your first time tuning in, we are three friends. I think still. Uh, Not after from, this conversation. <laughs> all from uh, three different generations, uh, just talking about pop culture and nerd culture and things like that. And uh, you can find us on Instagram at convincing underscore idiots. Uh, you can email us at convincing or it's uh, convincing idiots at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. We can also be found on Facebook and YouTube under convincing idiots as well. And we are now on Twitter, and that is at convincing idiot singular. Um, and so we're going to just go around the table here, catch up. Ryan, what's been going on? How we been? I am good. Uh, Nick, you were, you're feeling better. That's, uh, yes. The line for millennial Santa was so long. Um, mm-hmm. I was in line for hours and still, yeah, I couldn't make the cut in time to make it here. No, I was, get, under, you didn't get to see him. I, I did get to see him. Oh, I good. did get to see him and wow, okay, it, all, it was all, it all paid off because I did ask him for a super neato convincing idiots shirt. And well, somebody came through. There was a nifty look gift under my that. tree last night. Wow. Yes. So uh, Millennial I'd, Santa came through. I had to beat up a homeless man for this one. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. Yes, thank I don't you, know, Dean. I, thank you very much. I don't know where Millennial Santa you got mine, so it very well could have come from. <laughs> it, was, it was a tree of homeless guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, I was under the weather last week. Uh, it was not COVID. I was tested. So just a standard cold or flu which everyone is going to have to deal with probably as the weather changes at some point or another so that's fun um but no i really enjoyed listening to you guys last week you guys sounded great brian uh thank you for the neato headset i feel so much Absolutely. more relaxed and at ease talking um i will say though um the content of the show got real old real fast um <laughs> there was um there was a subject uh, at some point came up with it started with comic strips on bubblegum wrappers and mm, somewhere yep. between that mm-hmm. and, and black Hold coffee on. and soup for lunch. I, I, I just, <laughs> but I would that, like to that's, say that's, that's right. That's right. I would like to say for the record, mm-hmm. uh, tall is small. Grande is medium and venti is large at Starbucks. So there you go. Just give There's... me a goddamn black coffee. <laughs> tall is small. Grande is medium. And so yes. venti is the biggest. venti is, is large. Yes. Okay, good. That's mm-hmm. Yeah, that does stress me out, like we said last. Week. I mean, <laughs> okay, good. In a, in Italian, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, no. it's the what is it? Uh, Venti is the only one that doesn't mean large, isn't that right? Right. right. Tall is you know a large or size typically. Right. Tall compared to small. Grande is large in. Uh, is it Spanish that would be grande? Grande is large, big. I I I only know that because I I have it written on the front of all, all my underwear. Ah. Grande, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what you don't believe me? I will you. Mm. We'll t- we'll you talk can write to... it on there all you want. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> With a magic marker. <laughs> talk to Megan. We'll have Megan be a special guest sometime. Give us the. Uh, well, that'll be a special bonus episode. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll look for that, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe New Year's for your birthday or something. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. 
I will, but we're not talking about Dean's underwear today. Thank goodness. We're going to talk about. Uh, See you guys. Yeah. yeah. We're delving into rivalry, sports rivalries. Yes. Uh, again, so this could be team versus team, coach versus coach, athlete versus versus athlete. But uh, yeah, so uh, what I got, I'll just start us out here. One of so growing up. One of uh, uh, my favorite rivalries was uh, Larry Bird versus Magic Johnson. So a um, little bit of background with these guys. Of course, I do have little my little notes here and stuff. Well, you Stat Man. That's right. Stat Man. That's right. Let's get to the POW band. Yeah. We need to get there somewhere. Yeah. So everybody's heard of these players, of course, but and if you grew up in the 80s, I mean, uh, it, the Celtics versus Lakers, right, it was unprecedented in, uh, well, actually even prior to that, I mean, the Lakers and Celtics in the NBA Finals in general has played, I, I'm sure, the most times against each other than any team in, in history. I mean, they yeah. a lot of the Celtics uh, championships of even the 60s were against the uh, Lakers with Jerry West and Bill Russell of the Celtics and all that. And do you have a stat on that? How many times those teams have met? You know, I do in the in the 80s. Um, well, first of all, Bird and Magic, they you know they they came out of college together, so that was a big hype. So Bird came out of Indiana State, and Magic out of Michigan State. They played against each other in the '79 championship in college. Entered the league together uh, uh, in, the, in their first uh, year, their rookie year. Bird won Rookie of the Year, but the Magic got his first championship actually with Kareem and and the Lakers. So in his, in his rookie year, in his rookie year, okay, yeah. So from 1980 to 1989, I think about that. So the entire 80s decade, either the Celtics or the Lakers won eight of those championships. That's so, crazy. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Two two seasons that either one did not win. I know one was uh, Dr. J and the Sixers beat the Lakers, and the other eighty nine. I think that was that might have been Detroit beating also the Lakers. So it's like yeah. either one of those two teams were uh, representing the East. Eighty nine Isaiah Thomas team, right? That's right, the Bad okay. Boys. And that's yeah. actually we'll we'll uh, be a little segue into that later. Uh, Johnson was the uh, uh, MVP in the finals three times, Bird two times. Um, let's see here. Uh, Bird was the league MVP five of those ten years in the '80s, and then Johnson won it twice. So these were two of the top players in all of basketball. Jordan came into the league, I think eighty five, eighty six. I think it was eighty. Yeah. So he was a rookie and definitely an up and comer. But at that point, Bird and Magic were just ruling the league, and these two guys initially. You know, you've, you've heard a lot of these stories before, but you know, they didn't like each other to begin with. And you, you like also personally had personally or just on the personally, on the court? both. Huh. They, okay. they, didn't, they didn't like each other coming out of college and coming into the league. They both definitely wanted to be each other. And then you had that all that dynamic of you know, birds. Uh, well, let's, you know, let's just be real. There was a white guy going out to Boston on the East Coast. You know, working t- hard team, you know, blue collar team, blue collar town, all that crap. Mm. Uh, they had other 
uh, white players, and it was just all this stuff. And then Magic, you know, it actually fit perfectly. The Magic yeah. goes out to the West Coast with the flashy yeah. Lakers. Showtime. And Showtime yeah. and all that, Hollywood. Yep. And both players fit into their areas perfectly. And yeah, that's true. That added a whole other dynamic to that rivalry. And those two, those teams in general did not like each other. I mean, if you yeah. go back and if you've not seen any of these, I mean, go back and watch on YouTube or something like that. Watch the 84, 85 finals lakers versus celtics and then he met again in 87 but those 84 and 85 finals i mean that's your your stuff happening back in the league back then that would not happen today yeah, talking, there's fights fist fights oh yeah like, they were uh, super physical back then too oh I mean, yeah there's a lot of stuff that slid by back and, then. and no ejections no nope. I mean, you're not going to see you know you yeah. there's a you know kevin McHale of the celtics famously clotheslined uh Kurt Rambis, you know, the guy with the glasses, you've mm -hmm. seen him back then. Really? Uh, yeah, no a foul, yeah. no ejection. It's just yeah. stuff that you can't get away with today. So very physical. Um, and then the uh, uh, they, Converse had a, a new shoe line, these uh, weapon shoes back in, the, I don't want to say, like probably 85 or something like that. But, uh, so Bird and Magic filmed a commercial together in Larry Bird's hometown in French Lick, Indiana. And that was the first time they really had an opportunity to talk on the set and get to know each other. Uh, and then ever since that commercial, they gained a friendship. Uh, hmm. Bird invited Magic back to his household home. You know, Bird met, I'm sorry, Magic met Bird's mom and family. And ever since then, it was more of a mutual respect. respect. And then yeah. when uh, I know when uh, Bird retired in Boston, Magic was there, came out in his Lakers warm-ups and took his jacket off wearing his Celtics shirt and all this stuff. I mean, they, yeah, and to this cool. day, they, they speak very highly of one another and everything. So, yeah, but yeah, but that was though. And, and back then, too, I mean, this is the NBA finals were on, you know, freaking tape delay. You know, think think about that. Think about it of any championship series of any sport. You cannot watch live because it's. Got such poor <laughs> ratings. Yeah. You know, and with Bird and Magic coming in the league, they really helped save the NBA and then certainly set the table for, you know, yeah. Dr. J was kind of on the way out and he was, he was a power for a while, but then, you know, you, then, you know, later eighties, Jordan comes in Barkley and, and yeah. that, that it was a uh, riches, riches at that time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, Bird and Magic definitely, in my time, I don't think you'll probably ever see any anything like those two teams fighting it out as much as they did. I mean, yeah, the Cavs and we had the Cavs and Warriors recently, and that was pretty cool. But you know, the Warriors were for the most part they were just too talented for the Cavs. Well, the Warriors it, it, it were wasn't a team. that the even. Cavs were one guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So yeah. it wasn't not, not so the same. You you brought up about the uh, them doing the tape delay because the ratings are so bad. Mm -hmm. Now Jordan's what changed that, correct? Jordan no, is, is Bird and Magic changed that. So Bird okay, and Magic changed. They brought it. the fact, ratings in and oh yeah, okay. Matter of fact, that you know the whole rule when they had the uh, you know the in the championship, you had the two two. It used to be two home, two home, one one one. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Because the Celtics and the Lakers were playing so much and they had to travel cross country. They were the ones that they caused that rule to change, and for several years in the NBA, it was two three two. 
uh, as far as you know, the home team two three two. Now I think they've switched it back since. Yeah, so it's step. changed a couple times, but yeah, yeah it's it's back to uh, two two one, one one one. Yeah, yeah, but that but th- because they played so much in the eighties three times, they you know they uh, they changed that rule. So yeah, uh, but yeah, but 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 by the time Jordan got there, you know, he just of course took it to another level and everything like right. that. But you know, and then he had the Dream Team in '92, and you know, it was a whole a whole thing. But those two really resurrected the league, and yeah. it was something else. So yeah. that's my top rivalry, probably yeah. in my lifetime. Uh, now, leading into that, now you remember watching that as a kid and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and and Dean kind of touched on it with the Bad Boy uh, Pistons. Um, oh, yeah. That was one that I think that you had as well. I've got. Not necessarily Bulls Pistons, but kind of Michael Jordan versus Pistons. Um, yes. One of the highlights for for me of COVID and for a lot of people was the the Last Dance documentary. I don't know if either one of you guys oh, yeah. watched that, Great. but very, it was like good. it yes. was the highlight of everything. I missed it. I look watch forward it. to every Sunday to watch two hours of queue. documentary. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's incredible. Yeah, very but, good. You know, I was born in '88, so um, in my consciousness of sports, I mean, Michael Jordan was everything to everybody i mean that mm-hmm. was basically i mean he was so big i didn't really even fully realize that we had a pro basketball team in cleveland as a kid i, <laughs> I thought the Cavs were like the lumberjacks Neither or the did anybody else <laughs> well now wait now the 80s Cavs had some good teams they but, did they yeah. did but uh by that i mean michael jordan was, and at this point i mean you know when i'm a kid michael jordan is winning all the time and that's mm-hmm. kind of the culture you've you've come to know what I didn't realize and what the, the documentary kind of pointed out to me was how, you know, his first few years in the league, he was kind of considered to be a choke artist because right. of That's Magic right. and Bird. And, mm-hmm. you know, these guys, he you had to go through, try to get through these teams to get there. And he couldn't get through the Celtics. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Pistons were always there. The Pistons were winning a lot at that time. And there again, Dean, going back to the physicality of the game back then, the Pistons would beat the mm. shit out of Michael Jordan. Oh yeah. They they even talked about it in the dressing room. They were like, "We're gonna go out there, and we're that guy's not getting in the paint. We he's not getting close to the bucket because we are going to annihilate him every time he comes mm-hmm. in here." Oh, and yeah. that's exactly what they did. There again, no calls, no ejections, no nothing. And that actually kind of led to Michael Jordan getting over the hump because he took one of those off seasons and he's. Worked out like a madman, bulked right. up, got strength training. He's like, I'm going to fight them back. Like, they're not going to push me around like that anymore. And so it was just a different time back then. But the Pistons really did dominate kind of in some of those some of those years when, when Larry and, and Magic were on their way out of the league a little bit. Um, the Pistons dominated, and it was their league. I mean, they, they were winning all the time, and they, they were the Bulls kryptonite. Because at that time, that was, you know, Scotty was kind of coming into his own, and they were pretty much michael jordan doing what he could what lebron did in cleveland for the first seven years or whatever of his career i mean where he you know despite his best efforts i think he took him we went to, they went to a finals one time before he left in uh, 07 but they got swept by san antonio in the finals but that was a team that had no right being anywhere near near finals but that was that kind of level that lebron was at as a young kid and that was the level that you know michael was able to elevate the bulls to at that time too um, but that there were some great rivalries there too. I mean, the way they just, the way they went after him, the way the game was so much different. And you, they, you know, now the way they protect stars, especially in basketball, the, you know, those guys get a lot of calls and things like that. Uh, back then, just not the case. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was different back then too because you didn't have this, 
you know, like you have today where, you know, a great player kind of maps his own way. And so if he says, you know, I want to go play for the Lakers, somehow he winds up getting there. That was just not happening back then, really. Right. You know, you yeah. those players stayed with their teams for several years. And, and you go back to Detroit, I mean... Boston for years was the team that Detroit couldn't get past. You right. know, you would keep getting beat yeah. by Boston. And you just kind of see it yeah. happening. Boston goes down a little bit. Yeah. Detroit gets stronger. And finally, Detroit yeah. beats uh, Boston. And then now they're king of the East for a couple of years. And like right. you say, the, the Bulls and Michael Jordan just could not get past Detroit. Yeah. It's four consecutive years. So 88, 89, 90, and 91. The Bulls for 88, 89, and 90 were eliminated by the Pistons in the playoffs, and a couple of those were in the Eastern Finals until yeah. finally, 91, uh, Michael Jordan got his due, and they yeah. they swept the Pistons, and then that was the that was the end of the Bad Boys and the beginning of the of the Bulls uh, yeah. dynasty at that point. And to your point, I mean, uh, as far as players staying put, the Chicago Bulls at this time when Michael Jordan was drafted, they were never a a. I mean, he put them on the map. I mean, oh, he yeah. made them the historic franchise they are now because. Mm-hmm. They were they were even in that documentary. I think they mentioned they're like the Blackhawks drew way more than the than the Bulls. I mean, they had oh, yeah. the Cubs and they, you know, they had these other sports teams. But the, the Bulls were an afterthought. The Bulls were in danger, severe danger at that time financially. And mm-hmm. Michael Jordan being drafted. And there's a there's a, a clip of him doing a press conference where he's saying he hopes to, you know, bring some notoriety to the Chicago Bulls franchise and all this stuff. And and I mean, they're true. <laughs> Truer words have never been spoken. He sure as hell did. I mean, because now the Bulls are a marquee franchise in, in all of basketball and all of pro sports because of what he did. But at mm-hmm. that time, the Bulls were nothing. I mean, they they were they had no history of success or anything like that. Yeah, that was that was fun to watch. And you just kind of you just knew sooner or later it was going to happen year after year. And then, yeah, finally they overtook him. So, yeah, that was that was definitely a great one there, too. And mm-hmm. and the Pistons, too, back then. Boy, if, if you were not a Pistons fan, you, you hated them. Yeah. You hated them because of the dirty play. And yeah. you, know, you had, you know, Isaiah running his mouth and Bill Lambeer mm-hmm. and Rick Mahorn. And yeah. Actually, Dennis Rodman was there in his younger years, and he had yeah. years there, too. And he, Dennis, he was a solid uh, player. My dad. Rick Mahorn. Yeah. Boy, <laughs> yeah. My, um. My dad went to some Cavs games around that <laughs> Dean's time. Like, Dean's like, I don't know who the hell Rick Mahorn is. <laughs> Uh, my dad, I think, was going to Cavs games around that time, and he mm-hmm. actually, he, I mean, he despised the Pistons, and further, like, he hated Dennis Rodman. Hated Dennis Rodman. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dennis Rodman, up until very recently, De- Dennis Rodman was, was my favorite player of all time, just because of that, because he was such a shitster and the way he played. And, you know, Dennis Rodman's not going to go and drop 30 points on you, but uh, rebounds, the defensive player he was, he was a force, you know. And mm-hmm. um, there's some really great documentaries on all this stuff on ESPN. There's a uh, one just on Dennis Rodman alone that's fantastic. It's an ESPN, one of those, I think it's the E60 series um, on Dennis Rodman. Um, there's a good one on the on the Pistons from that time as well, the Bad Boys. That's a 60 for, or 30 for 30 or whatever mm-hmm. on ESPN. And I'm pretty sure there's some good uh, Lakers Magic ones, on, or uh, Lakers uh, oh, there uh, Celtics ones on there too. There are definitely. So if you can find those out there, they have a whole document. It was like a three or four part series of the Celtics versus Lakers. And you had current players going back and you know, I saw about one that is this specifically, uh, specifically Magic and Bird mm-hmm. talking about their uh, rivalry. 
Yeah, they're they're good ones out there. Yeah, go back and check those out. The yeah, the eighties was a whole different uh, world of basketball at the time. So yeah. So right, when so, so when ahead. Jordan is when Jordan is his heyday, um, mm-hmm. it's that rivalry really could have been jo- Jordan or and the Bulls against the NBA. Well, it, yeah, there's it, a lot of great players saying, at that time that, for that for you know that for whatever you know stretch. How many was it? How many of the titles they won? It, it well, they won six, six three, three right. and three, three back to back right. to back. So, then one year mm-hmm. off, or two years off while he went to play baseball. You know, and then three for, more. You know, for that stretch, I mean, that's that's Jordan against the NBA. You know, yeah. that well, that could be the rivalry. Uh, well, that's actually an interesting one. You're right because back then. Same type of deal. I mean, people, you know how it goes. It's like the Patriots and all these great teams. Right. I mean, yeah. people, you're, you root for them for a while, and then you sort of get tired of them, and a lot of the, you know, a lot of people start to root against them because they yeah. they want to see the dynasty topple. And and you're right. At the time, there was, you know, if you didn't, if you weren't a big Michael Jordan Bulls fan, you probably were rooting for. You know, the Suns and, and other people mm-hmm. to beat them in the finals. Uh, and stuff yeah, like that, look, look how many uh, NBA cal- or, uh, Hall of Fame caliber NBA players never won a title because they played in the same era as Michael Jordan. Sure. Charles right. Barkley, uh, Patrick Ewing, Carl, Carl Malone. Malone. Like, I mean, these guys, Stockton, they never yeah. won anything because right. they played in the same time frame that Michael Jordan did. Yep. I love it. I could do a whole podcast on Michael Jordan and all that. It's just, it's, and you especially w- watching that documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. I will say, I don't think there will ever be another Michael Jordan because the man was insane. Like what he did to himself to put himself in a mindset to win is, uh, it's mentally, it's not healthy, but I mean, it's yeah. just incredible. So, uh, oh, yeah, I mean, the, Always heard heard he was a huge dick too. Not not that he had a huge dick, but he that he was a huge dick and a horrible oh, yeah. tipper. He uh, well, if you watch that documentary, The Bull, I mean, he he definitely <laughs> you if he pushed you on if you played yeah. with him, either mm-hmm. you appreciated the fact that he pushed you hard by pushing your buttons, or you probably just couldn't freaking stand him. But you had but you had to you had to respect him because he yeah. uh, he, he got he, you there. He backed it up. Yep. He backed right. it up every every damn time. You know, so. Yep. All right. So, Dean, before we get to your rivalry, mm-hmm. why don't we uh, take a breath um, and we'll come back here shortly. Breathe. Pick it back up. All right. Yes. I don't know what the hell that was. All right. We'll be back <laughs> in just a minute. It was fun, though. Yeah. Sorry, I, you know, Nick uh, calling me back in, you know, and it gets me all uh, weird, hot, and bothered. Uh, convincing yeah, it, we were thrown by that last week. I know. Man, Nick, the count us in, send us out. <laughs> what he, happened? Really How do we know when to go? <laughs> well, well we it's, are, good to, it's good to be missed. I appreciate that. But we are back. Uh, convincing it, it's uh, back from break. Uh, you heard, I don't know what you heard. You heard music, I'm assuming. We're just... Uh, you could have heard Brian just yelling into the microphone yeah. for a good 30 seconds. I don't know. He just screams the F word sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Scolding he you guys for sleep. poor, poor life choices. Just yelling at you guys constantly. <laughs> yeah. I need it, actually. <laughs> yeah. if, if you could pretty much do that uh, once a day. I only yep. act out this way because I desire structure. I need mm-hmm. someone to keep me on the level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who who better than Millennial Santa? Mm-hmm. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Yo, yo, yo. That's right. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> All right. 
so my rivalry, um, I was thinking about it. Uh, well, I've, I have a couple. They're not real. I don't They're know. not real rivalries? Well, I don't know. Like, one is uh, Shaquille O'Neal in the English language. You know, <laughs> I think that has been going on for many, many years. Yep. You know, so it's in sports. And so, yeah. no, um, actually, my uh, main rivalry I had was uh, Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali. Mm. Yeah, You're not looking at, you know, it might not be a specifically sport or, or uh, uh, team wise, but right. the 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 three fights they had that that rivalry in and outside the ring itself. Um, to me, that you know, you, you don't get much better than that. Now, what so, uh, what privy to me to what is the outside the ring stuff? I'm uh, just the, the jaw jacking. I mean, okay. it, there was a lot of. It, I mean, it was almost to the level of uh, professional wrestling. Uh, I mean, granted, that's actually where Muhammad Ali kind of got his gab, you know, style, you know, his his talking. He was a huge fan of professional wrestling. So he's that's how he decided, you know what, to get people in the, you know, fights that I want and to to get the publicity that I need. You know, he started talking like a professional wrestler, you know, and uh, that's and all these other guys like Joe, Joe Frazier wasn't used to it. You know, they, they were used to just, you sign the match, you go to the weigh-in, you look at each other angry, you fight. You know, Muhammad Ali brought in this whole new dynamic of just talking shit and, until they're like super pissed at him, for real, where it's beyond a, uh, a, a paid fight. They want to go in and kick his ass, and in turn they couldn't, so made him be more it. But that's where Joe Frazier comes in is, you know, that is somebody that actually could take Ali one on one, and uh, I mean, he got him in one fight. Um, am I right, Brian? Uh, uh, Ali beat him two out of three, right? I I believe that's correct. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but yeah. So I mean, really, you could put a lot of people against Ali in in that sense of rivalries, but I think Joe Frazier is that number one rivalry. Uh, so that's my number one. Yeah. And yeah. I don't have any stats. I, if I would have, you know, if I cared about life like Brian does, I would have uh, written something down. But you know. Well, it sounds to me like Millennial Santa needs to scream the f word at you a couple more times just to. Yeah. I was snappy into getting, shape. I was we'll do that busy getting bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> so you know. Yeah, but you're right, Ali. At the time, I mean, he was. He, he, you're right. He was ahead of his time in that respect. He was. He was smart enough to know that you're gonna. You know, watch the fight to root for me or against me. As long as I get right. the fights that I want to market right, himself, get, yeah. the, yep, and we get the we get the promos and everything like that. And yeah, but he was pretty he was pretty relentless. I mean, he questioned people's intelligence and looks and all kinds of stuff back then. So it was really uh, uh, something the, uh, that people were used to in the in in the in the boxing world. That's for sure. When he fought um, uh, George Foreman in Manila. Uh, the shit he was talking with him, calling, I mean, once again, this is, you know, coming from Ali, he was calling him a monkey and a gorilla. Yeah. Yep. And he would carry around a rubber gorilla saying it was George Foreman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and Foreman, and this was before Foreman, you know, became a preacher and then came back to boxing. I mean, and was the oldest heavyweight champion ever. But he had 18 kids named George also. Right. But I yeah. mean, and but before that, I mean, he was just an angry militant guy, and so you know he, you know, in many 
documentaries, he said, you know, he was just pissing me off. You know, there was nothing I could do. You know, I didn't say thing. I didn't talk much back then, so I could do nothing but just get more angry and angry. So when the fight happens, uh, that's where they, uh, you know, they, uh, the, I've heard the term rope adult, where mm-hmm. Ali would sit back on the ropes and just get punched, put his guard up and just get punched. And he's letting the, uh, the other fighter wear himself out by punching, you know, the ribs and the head and stuff. I mean, probably didn't do a whole lot for his uh, mental stability later, but, but yeah, uh, Foreman's saying he's laying up against the ropes. Ollie's just wailing into him, and uh, Ollie looks up to him, you know, because you know they can hear each other. So Ollie looks up and says, "Is that all you got?" And Foreman's like, "Yeah, <laughs> that's all I got." And, that, he, and he said that to him. Then that's when Ollie just came in and just unleashed on him, and you know. But so, damn. But yeah, if you ever get uh, get a chance to, you know, you could you you know on YouTube you can go best of where like I watched the other night I watched best of uh, uh, Mike Tyson, and they just did a compilation of just Tyson kicking ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's just I mean, but to to see a compilation of Ali, the the speed of that man's hands was insane. You know, in his prime. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so that's my rivalry. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, he he definitely laid the foundation, Ali, and then that's sort of that carried on afterwards in you know, boxing and certainly MMA and all that stuff. So it's just well, sh- very well, commonplace anymore. Probably a lot of, uh, I mean, you see NBA players and baseball players and basketball. You know, a lot of them, you know, talk shit now. And now with Twitter, you know, you, they have that ca- capability of, of talking shit mm-hmm. um, and just in a different form. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now but, we have YouTubers but, boxing, talking shit to hockey players, and talking shit to other right. YouTubers. And- but that, <laughs> but that's the thing is, Ali laid that work, and you know, like Brian said, he laid that groundwork and made it acceptable for professional athletes, not <laughs> just professional wrestlers, to talk shit and sell fights and sell games and and to sell mm-hmm. matches. You know, yeah. Before yep. that, you didn't hear you know Fuzzy Zeller or Lee Trevino you know talk shit. They're golfers. The, the oh, joke Sarah, makes more sense. I knew what he was talking about. Yeah. Okay, good, yeah. good. Yeah. I was going to say, I thought to myself, I'm like, well, if they don't know golf, that reference means shit to them. Did so. you read those names on a comic strip on a piece of bubble gum? I did. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you sure it wasn't Archie? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we, we got boxing, we got basketball. Uh, Nick, yep. now you're a big hockey fan. Do you have any uh, hockey rivalries? Oh yeah. Rivalries? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think for me, growing up when I did in the in the '90s, the big rivalry in hockey um, was the Detroit Red Wings and the Colorado Avalanche. Hmm. These were two um, incredibly aggressive teams. Now, in this time, we're talking uh, mid to late '90s, '95, '96, '97. The Detroit Red Wings were the bulls of that time. They were basically winning pretty close to every year. There was a couple back-to-back cups there, um, but they were always in it. Um, they went to the playoffs. I think the streak ended at 24, 25 straight seasons in a, in a row. Um, but the Red Wings were a powerhouse. They were winning all the time. And uh, the Colorado Avalanche were uh, a newly relocated team. They used to be the Quebec Nordiques, uh, moved to Colorado, and they had the star-studded team. They- what a much cooler fucking name. The Quebec Nordiques. Yeah, yeah that, that's a oh, much yeah. cooler name than well, the fucking Avalanche. Yeah, they're trying to get them back. Quebec, uh, Quebec, sort of, hold some, on, say, say it again. 
Uh, the Quebec Nordiques. Yeah. Nordiques. Nordiques. I yeah. like it. Yeah. With a Q. Nordiques. Oh. Quebec. I like. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, anyway, the uh, the Avs at that time had had developed, and they they had all these great uh, up and coming superstars. Uh, you guys, I'm sure, probably heard of Patrick Waugh. Um, he was newly, somewhat newly acquired um, by the Avs at this time, star-studded goalie. Uh, but these were two teams, and, and in that time, hockey was still a very, very physical game. A lot of that's kind of left the game. It's kind of has an eye more towards speed and skill. What with all the, you know, concussions and head You're trauma, they want to make a bunch of pussies. <laughs> I'm saying they play hockey now. But back then, along with the hockey, there was a lot of face punching. And uh, fucking the, Donnie Brook. The Detroit Red Wings and the Colorado Avalanche had uh, no lack of guys that were willing to uh, feed each other fist sandwiches. So um, there was a couple good uh, <laughs> line line clearing brawls. Um, many many different great uh, uh, meetings of those two teams in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and uh, that that was one for me that um, you know really stuck out. Uh, there was a lot of good fights. I mean, everybody was involved. Everybody. I mean, that full-on headhunting. Goalies would fight each other the whole nine yards. Um, so that was a big one for me. Hold on. In, in Hold on. The goalies fought each other. Yes. Yes. How, it, how it's that, happened. They just happen? they, they meet, look they down meet at each middle? other. They meet in the middle. They, they charge at each other. Well, yeah. It's well, happened. It doesn't happen a lot. That. But it has happened. Yeah. I'm going to have to Google that shit. Yeah. I, I want to see that. I think as recently as... I want to say the last one was... Maybe two to three years ago in the Battle of Alberta between the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames. Um, there was a heated game between those two. Those two teams do not like each other, the two Alberta teams. And those two goalies fought each other in the middle of the ice. That was, I mean, because uh, you got to think, you have a lot of time to skate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and they charge. that other guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're going. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to get them. What do you want to do? Yeah, you yeah. just wait. I'm yep. going to give you a fist sandwich, like Nick says. It's a fist sandwich, yeah. Fist sandwich, yeah. Fist like sandwich, it. yeah. <laughs> the fillet, the fillet fist. Fillet fist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah, I've never watched one full hockey game my entire life. Really? Yep. I really? Do, you know what? Here's <clears> the. <throat> I'm. Yep. Actually, this should be Nick suggesting this, but I. Uh, I don't. I don't watch it on TV. Um, like you, Brian. If it fits on, I'm flipping through. I'll stop for a few minutes, watch it. Mm-hmm. But to see it live is freaking awesome. Yeah. So when COVID's over, when we're uh, when we're able to get out and going, yeah, the three of us will go to a hockey trip. game. Yeah. Podcast trip. Yeah, you've game. never been to a live game in Cleveland for the Monsters, or the Lumberjacks, mm. or the Barons, or anything nope. over the years. Yeah, you know, Allie's a fan. So actually, if we do a if we do a date night yep. or something we like that, go. she would she would yeah. be very interested, and we'd maybe. You know, I talked about maybe when we're able to maybe we do a road trip to Columbus. That'd be fun too. You know, yep. Columbus trip and go to a game yep. or something like that. I mean, she would like that. Matter of fact, yeah. I got awesome. I've got her memorabilia for past gifts and stuff like that. Columbus, uh, you know, uh, Jacks. So yeah, blue, blue jackets. jackets, blue jackets. Blue jackets. <laughs> I said Jacks. See, blue I don't jacks. even know the damn name. Now there was a Lumberjacks, yeah. the Cleveland Lumberjacks. You that's could, right. Could, yeah. That's what I. That's that's what I'm thinking. Cleveland yep. Jacks. Yeah, right? we had the Cleveland the Lumberjacks. Yeah. Yep. Buzz. Yeah. I, was, yeah. I was third row. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. when the Monsters won the, the Calder, Calder mm-hmm. Cup, right? Calder Cup, yep. yep. Yeah. Very I good, th- very good. I, I was third row uh, in that game. That was that was a lot of fun. That was yeah. That was something else. Yeah. So, uh, 
Nick I was up was, in the nosebleeds. Nick, Nick was up I in the was, nosebleed? Uh, Dean uh, snuck we, off to go have a dart with a friend, and uh, they weaseled their way down to the third fucking row on the glass. And uh, yeah, was up in the But it was still cool, yeah. It was, it was hilarious. I took Peyton to her first concert up in Cleveland. I had no idea that that game was going on. And thank God I had bought the pre-parking pass. So we, oh, yeah. parked in a, we parked in a lot right across the street from the, the queue up there. Mm-hmm. Like, what the heck is going on? I had no idea. And then we we left the concert at the House of Blues over there. It was it was just getting on. It was kind of mayhem up there. That was pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So we got. Who'd you uh, go see? Who was playing uh, in Cleveland that night? I took them to go see the neighborhood. Her neighborhood. Peyton and her friend. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they were good. Okay. Is there a, is I, a boy band? No, there's like a like an indie uh, band. Yeah, kind of like, like a rock band. It was good. Yeah. I was back okay. in the dad area. You know, you have those you know, kids are, and you yeah. have the dads on the outskirts in there having a beer by the bar. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> right. out, you know, yeah. Yeah. So I definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah you know. Uh, OK, so I, I got a, I got a football one here. Um, Cowboys and 49ers. Mm, yeah. So I know, Nick, you're you're a big Cowboys fan. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Born and raised a Cowboys fan. Yeah. And then uh, I know we always had to go through them in the NFC championship to get to the Super Bowl. It was, you know, at those in those times, Bulls. Red Wings, Cowboys, we were always mm-hmm. there. Um, you know, everybody who wasn't a Cowboys fan hated them because they were sick of seeing them there. But uh, mm-hmm. and then Jerry Rice and the Niners and uh, Joe Montana. Was there Steve Young at that time? That was Steve, Steve Young, Young at that Steve point. Young. Yeah. yeah. So for me I, as a kid, go ahead. I hated this. I hated the Forty ers in in that rivalry. I was. I hated the Forty ers more. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, you're a good man, but. They kind of started in the seventies. They wow. play each other in the playoff. A I'm not used times. to hearing that. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Threw me off there. Yeah. Uh, they play each other twice in the seventies, seventy and seventy one in, in the NFC uh, championship game. Then, with that's uh, Craig Morton and Roger Staubach area era for the Cowboys, and the Cowboys won both of those. And then the uh, Cowboys beat them again in the seventy two divisional playoffs. And, uh, yeah, you go back and. But they have those NFL lives, you know, uh, uh, documentaries. It's pretty cool. There's one on Roger Stallback. It's pretty good. But one of his teams that he hated was the 49ers back then. He, he uh, talked about a game where they, they were laughing at the at at, uh, at the Cowboys. They were down by 14 and, you know, ticked off Roger. He came in, they won the game and all this stuff. And so um, it kind of, that rivalry kind of resurrected 1980. In the NFC Championship game, the whole catch thing. So as a kid, I'm all excited as a Cowboys fan. I watched that game on television with Joe Montana to Dwight Clark, uh, you know, beat Dallas to uh, go into the uh, Super Bowl, and you know, Dallas then began their regression for years in the '80s. They, they had a couple more runs at the championship. That was it. But then Dallas went all the way down. Down the '80s, obviously, the 49ers were the team of the '80s. You know, with Joe Montana and yeah. Rice and all that, they won. Yeah, they won six Super Bowls, five, excuse me. Uh, they're tied with Dallas for the third most, uh, five each. But uh, they won uh, four of their Super Bowls in the 80s. Um, and finally, but, Dallas. I mean, uh, look, at the run, look at the run that they had, though. I mean, how many teams can say that they were that consistently good? Not only that consistently good, mm-hmm. I'm talking about the 49ers, but going, dropping your, like, your, your career, your franchise quarterback, Going with Young and him picking up where uh, he left off. Yeah, you know Steve I mean? Young, a legend yeah. in his own right. I mean, yeah, I mean, pick, when does it? When else did that happen? 
It's, it was pretty rare. I mean, you got the Patriots currently, but uh, you're right. Yeah. They, the 49ers were consistently good through the 80s. They were winning the Super Bowls and, and the playoffs virtually every year. And then you're yeah. right. It, it, it stayed with uh, you know, Young and, and uh, a lot of core players there. And then, but you know, Dallas came on with uh, the triplets with Aikman, Smith, Irvin, and you know, the right. 49ers just they had a hard time getting past Dallas. So for me to see those uh you know dallas finally get their due uh against san francisco that was that was a pretty big deal so they played each other in the nfc championship three times in a row in the 90s 91 92 90 i'm sorry 92 3 4 i think it was and dallas won the first two won the super bowl four diners beat dallas and then dallas beat the four diners in the following year in the divisional playoff and then won their last super bowl then that was it and then they just both teams have not been in the playoffs together you know since uh I know, it's been several years, but yeah. those seventies and and nineties were, uh, you know, yeah. uh, definitely the nineties for me was a great rivalry. Go ahead. Rarely do you get the chance to slay the dragon like that and come That's back right. and actually kind of beat the team that yeah, I mean we kind of well, I guess the the Bulls did with the Pistons, but you know the Cowboys with the Niners like that. I mean, rarely do you get the chance to kind of exact your revenge against the team that has been, you know, the, right there with you. Where rarely do you get the chance to come back and, and make that right and see revenge in that way. I'm holding in my hand here the 1995 Madden 95 instruction booklet. You can see Dallas San Fran on the on the cover here. Cause that Move was, it over uh, to just a little bit to the other side of your face because it's cutting off for me there. Sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah, yep. Yep. Dallas nice. and Fran on the cover. That was the big rivalry he back could, then. He could so. see it. He just wanted you to cover up your face. Thank you. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's probably good. I would never do yeah. that. Millennial Sans has been too good for <laughs> too good to me. So that's my top. So, do you have any other rivalries you want to call out? Well, I mean, the obvious. Being a Browns fan. Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns yeah. fan. Browns mm-hmm. Steelers. I don't have the stats that Brian does, you know, year by year. You don't want to see stats on that, I don't think. But back in the day, (laughs) back in the day, it was a rivalry. I mean, like, if you would just go on what it is now, it it is no rivalry. There is no rivalry there. Um, Hopefully someday we can, you know, get it back up there. But it's not a rivalry now. But back in the 80s. Yeah, I mean that it was it was a huge rivalry. I mean, they would. Yeah, those those both those teams talking about the physicality that you were talking about the hockey. Yeah, those guys are kicking each other's asses, you know. Every time they played each other, get fights and, and the whole deal. I mean, yeah, it was it was a rivalry at one point. Yeah, you're right. The '70s and '80s. I mean, those two teams were very physical. Uh, you're right. They did. Yeah, again, did not like each other. And you go right. back and I mean, see different. Yeah, it was a different you're game. You're an hour and, away, 45 minutes away. You know, you yeah. have that close. Not only, and I think that's what also helps a rivalry is is not just the teams, but the, you know, the, their fan bases. Also, mm-hmm. you know, talking shit with each other and, and going back and forth. I think that helps the rivalry uh, tremendously. Yeah. Yeah. Cleveland Pittsburgh, I mean, as Cleveland continues to progress, I mean, you may see, heck, you may see that even again this season, that next game they'll play each other is. It's the last game of the season. Means a lot more. Means a lot more to both teams than probably since yeah. they played in the playoffs in 2007, I think it was. But. Uh, so, that's, actually, you brought up a good point there, D. So, uh, uh, rivalries. So it means something to different people. So, so you mentioned sometimes it's the it's the proximity of the teams and the fan base. You get to see each other a lot. Yeah. What else kind of makes up a good rivalry in, in well, your opinions? Well, I will tell you what. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, it's it's not just it's not a hatred thing. 
Mm-hmm. I think there is a a cleverness and a fun idea to a rivalry, you know, at least based upon fans. Like for example, my old neighbor uh, Terry, he was a, he was from Pittsburgh, and uh, obviously Steelers fan. So every year we had a friendly wager. So there are pictures out there because I bet for the Browns, so I would lose every time. And I would there's some humiliating pictures out there. And when I say humiliating, I like it's me dressed in Steelers gear. Yeah. Not what there's other pictures of you that are humiliating, but you don't consider them humiliating. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> proud of those. Just the Steelers ones are bad. <laughs> you know, put, we'll we save those for the underwear episode. <laughs> yes, I'm looking forward to that one. No, but yeah, I would like uh, I would have to dress up in Steelers gear and stuff. Um, for example, uh, I don't know how he did it, but you know, I live in, in a two story house, you know, and he climbed up on my roof. And and roped tied a giant Steelers banner onto my chimney. <laughs> That's good. I didn't know how to get it down. I didn't yeah. even know how to get him. How do you get somebody back to that? It's so, still there today. <laughs> so uh, what I did was I wrote into the local newspaper uh, in like the wanted help wanted one of those sections and saying that I'm Terry professing my love for the Browns. So that was <laughs> that was our fun back and forth, and you know, and that was the rivalry that him and I had based upon the rivalry of the you know the two teams, and uh, yeah. So to me, a rivalry isn't just the teams. You know, it's kind of it's everything that encompasses it. Yeah, yeah. I feel that like I I was I um as a diehard Toronto Maple Leafs fan, I have two types of rivalries. There's there's the there's the one half of my brain that says yes, what Dean says. That is the fun part, right? So one of the oldest rivalries in all of hockey, it probably is the oldest rivalry in all of hockey, is Toronto and Montreal. It predates the National Hockey League itself. It goes back to when they were just the Toronto Blue Shirts and the Montreal Maroons, I mean, they, before they even had real team names. Um, so that kind of it, is one it, of those It was ones... even before the game. Like the two... The, just. Two Canadian guys just walked out into a field and just yelled at each other. <laughs> it was just shitty. There was no punching. rules. It was just, yeah, they just went at it. Um, teeth. But uh, so that's fun. And I know, actually, I know a lot of Montreal fans that it's that kind of, it's it's that kind of, um, I almost want to call it a kinship to where you kind of bond over that. Sure. We're giving each other shit. And it's a special date on the calendar when the Habs yep. play the Leafs, and it's you know you look out for that, and you can't wait to see that person to talk shit to him again, or you know what about this goal, or oh how about that, you know. Um, and then there's the other side of me that is the blind rage hatred rivalry, which is what I have for the Boston Bruins and the entire city of Boston, and therefore all their sports teams because I hate their hockey team so bad. Wow, um, <laughs> that's a different one. That's one, the kind where, like, I've destroyed my own property because of them and things like that, and in rage. Um, that, there's, there's different kinds. That, that's I mean, what, what sort of, that's hold the on, part what, what, what sort of property did you destroy? Well, I shouldn't say property. So, well, here's property. He got mad and just beat the shit out of his car. I went in my garage and beat the shit out of a bunch of things in there. Yeah, there's things all throughout my garage with dents and breaks and cracks. And, yeah, that was the uh, infamous. I thought, it, uh, I thought that was from Robin's driving. <laughs> huh. Nope. No, that was all me. All yeah, right. that was from the colossal uh, game seven meltdown where we dropped three goals to 
lose the lead and eventually lose in overtime. I don't want to relive that again. But I, I hate the Boston Bruins, and, and I, by association, I, I root against all Boston teams. I root against the city in general. Um, but I, I despise the Bruins. But the Canadians, it's a little more like, yeah, old rivalry, you know. But I at least appreciate there's something about that matchup that is kind of a warm place in my heart. They may be very different in many ways, but they bond over the fact that, you know, the love for their hockey team is a religion. It's a way of life. It's how sure. you're brought up. It's, it's you know, it's a big deal. Uh, but I just hate the Bruins. It's just a whole different thing. It's pure hatred. I don't think so I have, There's like, two types of like rivalry. That. Yeah, you don't hate the Steelers? No. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, you say you hate the Steelers, but no, I, I re- first of all, they're too damn good to actually legitimately hate them. I mean, it, I mean, it sickens me how good, and it sickens me, sickens me how fat Ben Roethlisberger can be and still be that fucking good. I, <laughs> that I hate. But like, he's looking like a baseball player these days. He's a little, he's a little, right. a little plump. Yeah. Yeah, it's. But, you know, actual, like, to, like, beat the shit out of something out of uh, pure anger, I, I don't think I have that. Maybe for Celine Dion, but that's not really sports-related. I have a new rivalry. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Who is it? You don't talk about Celine that way. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> and then during the holiday season? <laughs> that's one thing I will give Montreal. They gave us Celine Dion. I, I appreciate that about them. Oh, boy. <laughs> the uh, the so only I, reason I respect the movie Titanic is I, I, when she sings that stupid song. I just I just hope that she's on the ship when it went down. <laughs> she's not in the movie Jackass. Uh, so my rivalries, <laughs> I uh, no, I, I, I no, you're right. I mean, it's 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 the there's different types of rivalry. It's the traditional games and the fan base and all that. But at the end of the day, you're right. It's the if it's those teams that made each other better and at the end of the day, even as a fan, you have to step back and respect the other team. I mean, as yeah. much as I, much as I couldn't stand the Lakers in the eighties, I mean, you had to step back and say, I mean, these guys are just good. I mean, it's yeah. just phenomenal to watch. And we would be remiss if now we were in Northeast Ohio, if you're listening to us out there in podcast land, um, you know, we are part of probably the, one of the greatest rivalries of, in this, you know, of any anywhere in Ohio State, uh, Buckeyes versus the Michigan Wolverines. Oh yeah, year. yeah, go blue. And, yeah, and it was unfortunate this year with the. Did you say go blue? I did. Good lord. <laughs> so, He's a Celine uh, Dion fan. What the fuck do you expect? Yeah, unfortunately, the game couldn't be played this year because of allegedly COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, just that game around here, they were if scared hiding been, in their dorms, listening to stupid Celine Dion songs. Didn't beat us yeah. this year. But uh, it's just that that's a traditional game, even though it's you know for a long time, you know, in the in the nineties, the Michigan was beating Ohio State virtually every year until the late nineties, and finally we overtook them. But you know, Ohio State's been dominating that for so long. But just that tradition, the fun, and it's just. You, it's almost in, uh, ingrained in you that you don't like Michigan as a, as a, being from typically. So, but it's a fun tradition and all that. You just don't like See, Michigan. Brian, you root against them, the, but that's yeah. the difference, though. Um, mm-hmm. With the Pittsburgh Steelers, I've been to Pittsburgh. It's a cool town. Oh yeah, that city's pretty kick ass. I, you know, sure. I've been to the state of Michigan. I've only you've mm-hmm. been to Ann Arbor. No, no, no. I was, I, 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 we stopped in Detroit just so I could vomit, and that's not a joke. Like we, I, we were coming back from uh, uh, Windsor, 
and I and I was sick, so we pulled off, and it happened to be in Detroit, and everything was like caged up because they wouldn't let anybody inside anywhere. McDonald's, Burger King didn't matter. Everything was caged up, so I ended up just vomiting on the parking lot, and then we drove away, and I realized I just made Michigan a little bit better. Yeah, mm. but that's like saying that you don't like Ohio because you've been to Cleveland and it's gross. I like Cleveland. Ann Arbor's gorgeous. Ann Arbor's beautiful. I'm just saying. Detroit's not Ann Arbor. <laughs> I, I've never been to Ann Arbor. Yeah. It's supposed to be nice. Yeah. All right. So Buckeyes wouldn't know because Michigan won't let them up there to play. <laughs> Too scared. Too fucking scared. All right. So I think we... Uh, <laughs> we uh, before we talk about Celine Dion again or something like that, oh, I, uh, let's let's do a whole podcast. You leave Ann Arbor and Celine Dion alone. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I think uh, throw up you know, on we, both of them. I think we all tend to agree that our, the best rivalries are, you know, make each other better. It's the tradition. Nick the fun, the fun with the fan bases and stuff Nick like and that. Dean. that makes, that's that's, that's right. why our rivalry is right. no good. I can't make you better, no matter how hard I try. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just not happening. Well, you're right about that. <laughs> <laughs> it would take a real special son of a bitch, and you're not that special. Something to aspire to, Nick. Yes, absolutely. Keep, keep it's trying. good to have good to have goals. Yeah, Bring it's me like up, Nick. Bring yeah. me up. It's a, oh well, my heart will go on, I guess. It's like a rivalry of Dean and good taste. <laughs> you know, it's just those those two have been yeah. battling it out for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, it's a good uh, time to wrap this one up here, guys. Uh, yep. Good, yep. Uh, good conversation. Uh, Nick, uh, where can let's remind people where they can find us? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, please feel free to drop us a line uh, at convincingidiots at gmail.com if you would like to give us any feedback, any show topics, anything like that. <clears throat> please be sure to give us a follow on Instagram. We are at convincing underscore idiots. Also, follow us on Twitter. We are on that one at convincingidiot, singular. And be sure to go check out our YouTube page. That's Convincing Idiots as well. Uh, subscribe, like, please tell your friends. And also we have a Facebook group and a Facebook page that is also under convincing idiots. So please go give us a like, tell your friends, um, and feel free to comment on any of those uh, platforms. Let us know what you think. And I want to implore you guys, um, at like Apple podcast, uh, mm -hmm. when you, uh, like, and subscribe to us now, please, if you like, and subscribe and comment, comments huge because the more you like, and subscribe and comment, especially uh, the higher we are in this, you know, when people go to find us, you know, when they search, we're going to come up a little bit higher if, you know, the more likes and the more comments we have. So I'm just saying, you know, go on Apple podcast, uh, rate, like review, do the whole deal. Yeah. We appreciate the support. Yep. The, uh, Dean, you want to take us out? Oh uh, yeah. Bye. No. <laughs> <laughs> Deuces. <laughs> what's, I practice what's, what's, that all day. <laughs> what's next? How about that? What are, what are we doing next? Um, well, next week's going to be really special. Um, um, I don't know even if I want to say it because it's so special. 
means uh, he, so, <laughs> so Dean does not know what we're doing next, even though we're going to do it again in like uh, two minutes from now. Oh, oh, superhero oh, thing. Super. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, it gotcha. is special. It is special. It is special. Was right. I, my apologies. I, I do. <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought you meant like <laughs> next week when, when we record. Okay. I think we're still figuring yes. that out. We have a lot of good topics. Yeah. Right, that's, what I'm yeah. saying. That, that's why I thought you were like, yeah. put me on the spot of like choosing. I'm like, well, well should I do this now? So, Awkward Celine, parts in Celine, public is the next one. Yeah. Celine, should we allow her to continue or drown in the Titanic? Well, that's you can't a, allow anything. Yeah. It's happening. She's a force of nature, Brian. Damn it. Right. She, it, is, no, it doesn't matter what you say. Yeah. If old age and wrinkling is a force of nature. She's right. aging one Speaking of. <laughs> my God. Roof does my ass. All right. So uh, next podcast we're going to do, we are going back to it. You know, we took a little break for it because, uh, you know, Nick had to go sit on old men's laps. Or, yeah, I don't know what he did. But so he wasn't here. It's typically so, where I am when you don't see me. That's true. That's what I'm doing. Actually, you don't see who he's sitting on right now. Anyway, <laughs> um, no, we are going to go back to the superhero bracket. Um, I believe it is the Flash against Captain Marvel. That is correct. If I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. So uh, go ahead and uh, look for that. So when we come back, that's what you'll what you'll hear, and it's going to be awesome. Okay. So uh, until then, uh, for convincing idiots, I'm Dean. I'm Nick. I'm Brian. Have you been convinced? Thank you. I like the eyebrow. And it's starting recording. It is starting. There it is. There it goes. So you got right. How deep, you ready, sir? How deep can you guys get your voice on this? I can get pretty deep if I need to. Oh, that sounds good. I like that. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Brian, Brian just burped. <laughs> That's real nice. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Oh, that's real nice. That's real yeah. nice. <laughs> that's some deep I like sound that and love burps. That's all bass, baby. That's all bass. Boom, bop, boom, bop, boom, boom, Yep. All right. All right. And Talking we are Oakridge kicking boys. it up. That's right. We should, do an, we should do an episode on the Oak Ridge Boys. Huh? Oak Ridge Boys. Best I see them in concert. Ever. I see them in concert. Can Why does that not surprise me? They they opened for Kenny Rogers. <laughs> I was going to say they opened for Kenny Rogers. <laughs> yeah. Which was they were they as sad or not as sad? No, they were the <laughs> most entertaining part of it. Kenny Rogers was sad because he forgot half the lyrics. Yeah. Uh, that's a bummer. And he and he was insulting the crowd. Mm-hmm. Like he told us he's were the worst damn crowd that he's ever been in front of. It was you it was the, sad. Oh, that's a bit of a gamble. Getting the lyrics, you're the worst crowd. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but the Oak Ridge Boys actually, I mean, that, that dude that does that deep voice, I mean, it sounded yeah. like a fucking record playing. Yeah. And that just showed how old I, I am also. All like right. Record All playing. Right. Oak Ridge Boys. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
Yep. All right. All right. <clears throat> you, are you ready for the countdown? Yeah. And we off in a cool five, four, three, 